0: Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners and resident-owned communities, brought to you by Rock USA.
1: I'm Paul Bradley and I'm Mike Bullard. We've got a great guest for you today. We're joined by Devin "Dev" Feder, the newly elected board president at Hideaway Community in Columbia Falls, Montana. So we first learned about Dev from an article in the Flathead Beacon about the affordable housing crisis in Flathead County, Montana. We reached out to her to see if she'd be interested in sharing her story here on Ownership Matters and we're thrilled, she agreed. In this episode, she shares her thoughts on why so many people are moving to Montana. She walks us through finding out her community was up for sale and talks about the purchase process with the help of Adam Pechel and Danielle Maiden from NeighborWorks Montana. She also shares Hideaway's vision for the future. This is a great conversation. Oh, and also we've linked the Flathead Beacon article in the show notes of this episode. So let's jump into the conversation with Dev. Devon, thank you so much for joining us on Ownership Matters today. We can't wait to learn more about you and also about Hideaway Community. But first, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us about what you do.
2: I'm Dev and in my regular day life, I work for my local health department, doing lots of different things. I got my hands in all the buckets around here. So (laughs) Uh, it's fun, (laughs) it keeps, keeps me very busy. But in my spare time, I'm going to school, and um, I was recently elected the president of the board of directors for Highway Community, which was um, a definite change for me. <laughs> uh, I used to be in 4-H, and you know we had officers at that, but nothing where you're like, oh, these are people's lives here, but yeah, you got this.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations, and I think 4-H is great yeah. training. I too is 4 H. Yeah, absolutely. You I learned love 4 so H. Yes, I could break into song right now. We made it to the state finals for a, for a certain ballad that I will not sing, Mike. Please do. No. <laughs> so, uh, hey, this is quite an honor, uh, Dev. You know, you are the first guest on Ownership Matters from the great state of Montana. This wow. Is really fun. You're I... the, you have a lot of responsibility with that role. So I hope you can step up to the plate here. Me too. <laughs> so uh, I'd love you to tell our listeners a little bit about the area of Montana that you live in. Uh, Flathead County. Tell us more about it.
2: Oh, well, first of all, um unbiased, you know, uh, it's it's the best spot. Um Don't tell anybody else, okay? Because secret. <laughs> Uh, we have Glacier National Park um, is our backyard, and obviously that's amazing. All the wildlife, all of the hiking, all of the water, it's it's so green. The huckleberries galore. Oh my gosh, I love them. But not just Glacier, you know, we've got um, Whitefish Mountain, we've got Blacktail Mountain. You know, if you love skiing, snowboarding, if you love hiking, if you like to fish, um, and the, the water is so clear, it's beautiful, it's vibrant. Um, it's just wonderful here.
0: Wonderful, about how many people live in the Flathead Valley? It's a, Is this a growing place? Oh, absolutely.
2: Um, we actually um, grew, I think by about 30,000 this past year because, and I think that was majorly induced by COVID. Um, people were just like, you know what, let's get to a smaller place. I think I think we're about a hundred thousand for Flathead County now, which is it's a huge county. It's it's ginormous, and within the county we have you know over twenty different towns and cities. You know, major we've got Whitefish, Kalispell, Columbia Falls, and then kind of on the outskirts of that you've got Lakeside, Big
0: Fork. And I'm just curious with uh, roughly 100,000 population in the county, and you said you added about 30,000 during the pandemic. Is that noticeable to you as you drive around? Is it like, oh, my goodness, there are a lot more people here all of a sudden?
2: Yes, absolutely. So, of course, you know, during our our peak seasons for tourism, um, you know, we can always feel it. because of this, you know, massive flood of, of additional people moving into the county, you know, um, the building that's going on, the developing, the, the new stores, the new um, restaurants that are coming in, it's just, it's crazy, you know, it's um, so fast. It's like, oh my gosh, I, what happened? That was a field yesterday, I swear. <laughs> and it's no longer a field, it's a shopping mall. <laughs> But, you know, what What has really hit us hard is the lack of housing and everybody wanting to turn their uh, homes or, or buy um, their secondary homes for VRBOing or Airbnb. That has been really difficult for everybody, um, not just because it's so expensive, but because there just isn't enough and that's been really scary for a lot of people um just within the health department you know it's unfortunate but we're we're a little bit reactive it's the proactive and it's hard to accommodate for the massive increase in housing price-wise so at this point in time everybody's just like okay there's there's no housing available or if there is you know one or two it's $3,000 a month and honestly, most people can't afford that here because our wages haven't quite caught up with the fact that we are kind of popular now. (laughs) So that's been really difficult and and it's something that we're going to have to address soon. But in the meantime, housing is really kind of a precious commodity. We just don't have a lot of it.
1: Well, and as, as somebody who's was living there before this all started, it must be terrifying because I, I've been lucky enough to be out there a couple of times visiting co-ops and I mean it really is a gorgeous place and it's all centered around this this gem of uh of Flathead Lake. It's it's spe- you know, it's spectacular and you you sort of nailed on what was uh, hit the head on the nail of what was going to be my next question which um you know we we were reading about you in the in the article about affordable housing in the Flathead Beacon great great coverage by the way dev we'll get more into your story here in a second but you know the one thing in that article that really jumped out was was the absolutely astronomical increase in housing prices there and and, and mm-hmm. you alluded to it a minute ago yeah, but the median sale price for a home there is well over half a million dollars. And so just curious, what was your experience like when you were trying to find an affordable place to live there?
2: You know, I was really lucky because when I decided I was gonna move back here, um, I'm I'm a native to the area, um, but I did some mm-hmm. exploring, of course. I have a lot of family here and you know, they were like, Hey, yeah, just you know, come stay with us while you're looking. And I was able to find um, this single wide and I was like, oh, it's perfect, you know, it's a fixer-upper, but I don't care, you know, I can make it what I want. Um, And it's so crazy, so crazy. I just got this crazy, crazy deal on it. Um, They had listed it at $5,000 and I was like, yeah, okay. And then they're like, oh, well, if you pay cash and can get us money by this weekend, you know, we'll drop it to 2,300 and I'm like, "Uh, here's the gap right now thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, what's the catch? I know, right? So, you know, it was, it was super crazy for me. And and that was back in 2015 when I, um, when I moved into that place and that's actually where I'm still at now. Um, so, you know, the, seeing something like that now, you would be like, I mean, is it, is it just the frame or is it, is it got it? <laughs> you know, uh, it, you just, you wouldn't see something like that, but, um, so I was very fortunate, um, to find something when I did, um, because there was like 30 people in line behind me.
1: So tell us a little bit about, uh, about the neighborhood, about hideaway community. You've lived there since 2015, but what's, you know, what's the neighborhood like and and how's it changed since then?
2: Oh my gosh. So it's actually super nice because it's, um, yes, we are technically off of a highway, but we have this like huge hill that blocks the highway from us. And so you don't even know that we're there. Most people are like, where the heck is that? And I'm like, oh, we're by North 40 resort. They're like, you are? Yeah. Uh (laughs) But it's, you know, you, you come in and it's, it's, we only have like 30 lots. So, and it's very spread out. We have like just over nine acres, so um, for thirty lots, that's that's a good space. We have this huge um, green field, and we have um, forestry uh, to the back of us, which is so nice. Um, it's very quiet. It's super peaceful. Everybody there, so you know, polite and and nice.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, I can okay. tell from you know from our conversation that you're a very difficult person to get along with, Deb. So this is great. You know I'm, gl- I'm glad you have neighbors <laughs> that have been so kind and so polite. <laughs> you
2: just you gotta lay down the law sometimes, you know. <laughs>
0: um, hey, I'd love to. I'd love to hear about uh, the purchase of the community. So, uh, mm-hmm. do you know that uh, Hideaway Community is the 288th? resident owned community in the country. Uh, That's That's
2: amazing.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you find out the community was for sale and what was your first reaction? Yes.
2: Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) back in October of 2021, I think it was like a Monday night. I had just gotten home from work and I see a pamphlet of paper sticking out of my, my, porch entrance and I'm like "Hmm, what's this uh and I look at it and I and I start reading through it and all of a sudden like the thing that sticks out is hey you're for sale I'm like oh no because that's scary you you just all these things start flooding through your mind and you're like what does this mean you know and you don't you don't like maybe I should read through the rest of it you just you know you're hit with that emotion like oh god uh, and so um I didn't finish reading it I just called my parents and I'm like mom dad help <laughs> you know and, and I was like I, I have to read this to you and so you know I was like I was like what do you think about this and you know my my dad at first he's like well I think it could be a good thing for you he's like but you really need to make sure that you're involved because if you're not involved, that's more a chance to you know not have a say and um, you know potentially allow it to slip through your hands. You know, and I'm like, okay. And so a couple of days after that, uh, we had our first meeting, and they bribed us with food. Of course, you know, like that's just what you do. You bribe people with food when you have you know scary news. And so, you know, we're all sitting in this circle in, in our big grassy field, and poor Adam was trying to give us the rundown, and we were just, people just couldn't stop asking questions. And of course, he would, you would get to those answers, but but we wanted specific answers, right? right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and finally, you know, he gets through his, um, you know, what's happening, and um he's he's like this is such a fast process and and like i said this was the end of october right and he was like yeah they want you to close by christmas and we're like what christmas like who does that at christmas you know what if we can't pull it off like that would be the worst non-christmas present ever um so he's like you know that was a wednesday and he's like we have to meet again on saturday just to, to decide if you guys want to move forward and within a week you know we were learning of being sold and then we were deciding whether we wanted to incorporate ourselves and purchase it as a nonprofit, and. There's a lot of um, elderly folk where I live. And um, there's a lot of people who work several jobs. So, you know, not a lot of people were able to come. We talked about it, we asked lots of questions. And then I came back and of course called my parents again. So that Saturday came and we decided to move forward. And that just kind of dropped the ball like downhill and we were just flying. we were meeting every single week. Sometimes I mean there was one week we had to meet three times. Um and I I got nominated as the interim president. Um and so I, you know, was trying to do my part, trying to make sure that people were informed, um, getting surveys out to people say, Hey, you know, what's your opinions on this? And, there was lots of people who weren't able to make it to the meeting. So I was just wanting to make sure that they stayed informed. So many things that you had to get done for not only rock, but, um, you know, the insurance that we had to acquire, the engineer, um, so many things, you know. And, and backtracking a little bit, um, because of where I work, I knew that if we didn't decide to purchase um the park um chances were very likely that we were going to get sold to somebody else who would redevelop us because we are in such a wonderful location um which means you know we would all get you know kicked out um we would have eviction notices or um like what's happened to several other parks um their rent has been just jacked up exponentially you know that's not something that we could afford because again you know low income um, so that was scary, you know, and I wanted to make sure that I was doing my part, um, to make sure that we were going to be able to get this deal done.
1: And so Dev Adam is of course, Adam Patial from NeighborWorks, Montana, the, uh, Rocky USA affiliate with, uh, who works in across Montana and, I, I'm I'm wondering. I mean, you, you talked about that reaction of oh, oh my God, this is scary when when you first got it. Is that something that you is that like a nagging thing that you lived with before this happened, or was it just sort of out of mind? Didn't wasn't wasn't a concern that someday I, uh, you might you know, that this might happen?
2: You know, not really. I just I had stayed there for so long, you know, with with no indication, and um, the the. Past owners were always nice, like super relaxed um, landowners, like yeah. no problems ever. You know, if there if there was a problem, they got it taken care of um, in in my experience. Anyways, of course,
1: I can't speak for everybody. Sure. Well, I have a kudos kudos to Adam and and his team at. At NeighborWorks Montana. And kudos to you, Dev. I mean, from what we read in that article, it sounds like you did most of the door-to-door work yourself in terms of going around and getting people uh, informed uh, so that they could all come together and make that decision, you know, knowing what they were voting on, right?
2: Well, I I did do a lot of it. But I also want to say that the, the rest of the interim board, you know, really, we were so lucky because the person who's our treasurer then and now literally is a bookkeeper by trade. So she's perfect. perfect. You know, our, our secretary has been so good about keeping all the minutes and then sending them out to everybody after the fact. And The vice president, he's had to fill in for me a couple of times. So I got to give the kudos. there. <laughs> and then um, the person who's handling our, our maintenance um, operations manager—he's super knowledgeable, and that has been so nice. And he's so willing to help everybody when, you know, something happens—a broken line, um, we need some work on our pump house—and he's he's on it. So it's been really, really good. I I don't think I could have asked for better people to operate the board with. I think they're just really, just good good candidates for sure that
1: that mm. showed up. So. That's that's wonderful to hear and and I'm so glad that that that's making that uh making that run smoothly. What were when you were doing that door to door what were what were common reactions to people that you were hearing from people?
2: <laughs> um when I could get them to answer the door you know like I said it's it's really hard because I I work and I and I go to school. So the times when I would try to go would be like later in the evening on like Saturday or or Sunday. Um, and sometimes, you know, people would, I would just have to leave them notes. Um, but other people were just lots of questions, you know, like, Oh, you know, well, I have questions about this. I have questions about this, you know, very, um, just uneasy about the situation just because that is a lot to understand. And, um, I was lucky enough to have experience in the office that I'm currently in, and um, in a mortgage office. So I understood what they were talking about more than most, thankfully. But those are the people, you know. They just they have so many questions. Like, how does this work? Like, what are what do I need to know to make sure that I feel secure in the fact that I'm still going to have a home? You know, in the next two or three months. So um just a lot of a lot of uneasiness I guess was you know the the general consensus there you know some people were scared like they thought that it was just like a a tactic to you know get us to join um out of fear you know and so working through those emotions with them and and kind of laying out the facts of the situation was really important which again was really nice um, because the rest of the board of directors like had relations with some of the other people that I didn't really know that well. So mm-hmm. I handled the people closer to where I live. They handle the people closer to where they live. And it just worked really well to have that relationship in place to convey the fact that the world's not ending promise, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but this, this is a big decision for us, yeah, you know, absolutely. um, so it was it, Again, it was a good, good situation to have those people helping. And of course, Adam and Danielle were amazing providing information and very responsive, which of course is something you have to have when you're on such a tight time crunch, you know?
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a milestone, uh, moment. Uh, Mike, uh, it is now clear that co-ops are electing presidents that are less than half my age. Um, I I will not disclose my age or Devin's age here on Ownership Matters, but Devin, you may be the youngest co-op president in all of network. I can't verify that, but I can verify you're less than half my age. So, um, <laughs> with that said, I'm, I'm just really curious. It's wonderful for you to step up, and uh, just terrific. And I'm just really curious: what inspired you to take a leadership role in the community? So super
2: funny. I'm going to go back to my parents here. Uh, we were at one of the meetings, and it just so happened that um, my parents were in town visiting me for um, some reason. I can't remember why they were here, but. Um, my dad went to one of the meetings with me just to help me if I missed anything. Um, he was there to be like, cool, you should ask this, you know? And of course, you know, my dad, he's got more experience. And he was like, you, you need to, you need to take a step up here. And, you know, you put some, put some effort into this because if you want to continue living here and, and have say in it, like you have to put forth effort. And I was like, you're right. You know, like I said, you know, I wanted to make sure that, um, this went smoothly. I wanted to make sure that I could help in any way that I can. And I am not the type of person who can just sit back and, and wait for somebody to give me information. I, I want it right now and I'll go get it myself.
0: All uh, right, congratulations! I'm so happy you stepped up, and and uh, hats off to your dad, who really seemed like he, he guided you along here and asked good yeah. questions and and encouraged you. I mean, that's uh, it's yeah. really it's really about you know people stepping up, having the self confidence to step up, ask good questions, get the information you need, share that information openly, bring other people yeah. along with you. I mean, these are just good basic steps, and. And, uh, so happy to hear that your father played a big role in your, uh, in your stepping up hats off to all dads out there.
1: Deb, you've talked a lot about Adam, uh, and Danielle Maiden from, uh, NeighborWorks, Montana. And I'm wondering if in the run-up to the vote to purchase, whether or not you, uh, or any of the other board members had the chance to speak with rock leaders from established communities about their experiences
2: we actually got um, I think two of them to come to one of our meetings and talk oh, nice. about it uh, which was good you know people wanted to know like what does that look like they told us that the one of the most difficult parts about it was trying to keep people um, interested in you know being uh, part of it uh, they were having trouble getting officers in um, and for us I feel like it was it was pretty easy to get our offers in or our officers in so I feel really lucky there and I hope it continues that way because you know we've had some really great ideas coming forward. Um, and I want to see them through. I, I think the sky's the limit and I wanna I want improve our place.
0: That's terrific. yeah so um you have uh, you mentioned briefly, the other interim board members and it sounds like you had some great alignment of skills um tell us uh, just some of the backgrounds of some of the fellow board members that uh that stepped up here as well at at, uh, your community
2: yeah so so like i said our our treasurer bookkeeper by trade um so again she just all over. She knows all the questions to ask about all of the financials and the reporting and the bank accounts, and that has been so helpful because I don't know. Well, we have to file a report. Okay, like, tell me what to do. <laughs> so she has been really, really good about that. And then our, our secretary. She, um, I'm not exactly sure what she does, but I do know she works for the hospital, and. She has been um, super great about staying up on that, getting information out to people, which is, you know, really important. People want to stay in the loop, you know, how do they... how do they get that information? Like who did they track down? You know, that's, that's hard. Like I said, I don't like to wait for information. Like I'd rather go get it. So, you know, those people are waiting for it too. And then Joe, the vice president, he has been so good. He does snow plowing during the winter months. And, you know, he was, offering right away like to help with like plowing to help with the water monitoring, which has been really nice because the water monitoring is something we have to do every day. Um because we use chlorine to shock or to to uh, sanitize the system. And then the operations manager he has been so good. He does construction, I believe, but only during like spring, summer, fall, and then he takes the winter off. So he's been really Offering to do lots of different things that he, technically he didn't have to do, like we could hire that out, but that saves us money in the run and again low income here. So, mm-hmm. you know, saving money where we can, but still getting the job done in a manner that is still going to benefit us. You know, that's really important, making sure it's done right. Um, and, and I have no doubt that uh, those two
0: would do great work. So mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah, the capacity within, within co-op communities is just extraordinary, you know, and, yeah. it really, and uh, it, a lot of times it comes back to, you know, aligning people with the right, uh, the right things, right, helping them find the right ways to contribute, but also just creating that culture and that environment where people want to step forward and want to help. Um, and, you know, that that comes from good, strong uh, leadership. So, uh, congratulations for for you know organizing and bringing people together and keeping people focused on the big picture, which is how do we operate this place and save money for everybody here and create a, oh, create yeah. a community that we want that everybody wants to live in. People want to live in friendly neighborhoods. Um, uh,
1: yes, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So good. So that was a that was a lot of of looking back, and I want to want to pivot here and ask you to look forward. You know what do you see, or what do you and and everybody else at Hideaway see as things that you would like to work on, things that you'd like to change in the coming years? Now that you have the the capacity and the uh, and, and the control to do stuff like this, what what's in the works?
2: Yeah, so oh, really one of the biggest things that we're working right working on right now is um, we have to update our septic system. And that's kind of really going to play the biggest part in in how fast um, we can do the other updates that we want. Um, Unfortunately, we have about five multi-user systems right now and we're actually in the process of trying to create a district so that we can have one public system um, which will be Way better for sure, um, and hopefully take up a little bit less real estate so that we can use that for other things. Some of the things that we've been excitedly talking about are um, a park. Of course, we we want a playground for the kids that are that are there. We want them to have something to, you know, go swing, go slide, uh, just. Whatever we can put in there for, for the kids that come and play. The other thing that we have really been talking a lot about, um, and I think this is the thing that I'm most excited about, is having a community building. You know, having that community building, could we could use that for our monthly meetings, we could use it for potlucks and barbecues, um, you know, we can use it for membership voting. Um, but the other thing that we could potentially do with that is, is use it as a source of income for the park. Um, Again, low income here. So if we can, you know, bring in some income for us, you know, potentially reduce rents or um, put it towards, you know, other fees, whatever. um, That's, of course, what we want to do. So potentially putting like a commissary kitchen or something there, maybe renting it out for like parties or something. We thought that might be a good income type of deal. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that we're we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to all of the you know other improvements that we're trying to do, cleaning up the trees and um, well, we're going to put in a new sign, which is really exciting because you know it's going to be our own sign. Um, the other one is is super old and <laughs> doesn't have the right name on it, doesn't have the right number on it. Um, So I think a lot of people are really excited about having our own sign. Um, Of course, we got a we own it banner from rock. (laughs) So we're going to be putting that up now that the snow is all melted.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Great. (laughs) Dev, it sounds like you've caught the cooperative bug. Uh, You've got all sorts (laughs) of ideas of ways people can cooperate with one another and generate mutual benefit. I love that. I'm curious. are were you familiar with cooperatives before Hideaway formed a co-op, or is this your first exposure with uh, with cooperatives?
2: I am familiar with them, but not in this type of manner. You know, like, I'm part of, like, Flathead Electric Cooperative, and um, there's been a few others throughout the years, but nothing like this. I really didn't know about this type until I got those, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that packet. <laughs> my porch door so uh it was definitely a surprise but gosh it's you know, conversation about what it is yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. allow allow them to get to their you know the end of their uh, presentation and then ask the question
0: <laughs> uh-huh that's great yeah flathead mm-hmm. uh uh so that would be a rural electric cooperative uh, which is <laughs> yep. how the vast majority of the country not population wise but 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 uh, acreage wise is electrified is by cooperatives um, as uh, as many people in the co-op sector know. So that's cool. That's really great.
1: Dev, we always offer guests one final question to, uh, to pass on any advice to the next community that finds itself in, in your shoes or the shoes you, you just took off, right. Uh, Facing (laughs) a sale of their neighborhood or a community closure or astronomical housing prices in the area. So You mentioned that you heard from some established rock leaders. You're now an established rock leader. What advice would you give to people who are, who are looking at that right now, who just got that, that packet uh, that you, that you got?
2: I think my biggest piece of advice for someone in those shoes would be to get involved. Don't, don't, leave it up to other people to, um, hopefully, you know, keep your best interests at its heart because although we try to do that for everyone, we don't, we don't know, you know, if you, if you think something is important, you, you got to get in there and you got to speak up and, you know, uh, being part of that process, I think you just feel better in general. You know, you're more well informed, so you um, don't question it as much. You know, and that leads to less anxiety for you. And you know, like oh, you know, this could be a good thing. Um, getting all those answers that that you really need. And and again, if you're if you're putting in that effort, you feel like it's you know more your own. And when you're part of this. you you do you own it with with all your neighbors and um, take pride in that because that's a really cool deal like not a lot of people get those opportunities and I'm just really happy that I did get involved when I did and and still involved I think it's so exciting and I just want to make sure that our community is taken care of and I know that if I'm there, I know that I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we get what we want.
0: Well, that is a wonderful note to end on, And I, I really look forward to visiting uh, your community in the future and seeing some of these plans come into come into place. Uh, what a wonderful what a wonderful that um, uh, neighborhood from all that you've described. And so, congratulations on leading your community through the. Very quick, I understand uh, purchase process and on into ownership, and and it is really and it, it's really important, right? Ownership matters. Um, that's the name of our podcast. And thank you so much for joining us on Ownership Matters.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciated the opportunity to talk to you both.
0: Really, welcome important. to
1: the Rock World,
0: <laughs> Mike. That was a great conversation with Devin. She's such a kind person. I really enjoyed getting to know her. Uh, you could really hear that she just loves her community, loves the area she lives in.
1: And I loved her shout out to her father. And I loved hearing about her motivations for taking a leadership role at Hideaway. Then, you know, hearing about Hideaway's project wish list: a septic overhaul, a new sign, a playground. And it sounds like there's a lot of great things to come out there at Hideaway.
0: And Mike, we'll be visiting that community before long, I hope.
1: Absolutely. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's episode of Ownership Matters. Is there an uplifting story happening in your community that we should talk about in an upcoming episode? Let us know by sending us an email at ownershipmatters at rockusa.org. That's ownershipmatters at R-O-C-U-S-A dot We would love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone.